0: I don't like being damp. Hi, welcome to the Recommendation Game, a Film of the Week podcast where we take turns to pick a movie the other person hasn't seen, and we Skype each other to discuss it. You're listening to Dublin Digital Radio. My name is Ricardo Deacon, and I am joined by...
1: Orla Pugnilis.
0: This week's film was chosen by Orla. It is 1998 Taiwanese movie called The Hole. I have to make that clear because apparently there's 22 movies called The Hole. directed by Tsai Min-Liang, written by Tsai Min-Liang and Yang Pi-Ying, produced by Shang Su-Ming, Xu Sun-Ching and Yang Feng-Chut, starring Yang Kui-Mei and Lin kang sheng music by Grace Chang, and the IMDb synopsis is, while never-ending rain and a strange disease spread by cockroaches ravaged Taiwan... A plumber makes a hole between two apartments and the inhabitants of each form a unique connection enacted in musical numbers.
1: It's beautiful.
0: So Orla, why did you pick a musical for the first time ever, I think?
1: (laughs) That's like the first line of my notes is or first Taiwanese film, exclamation point. And dare I say, Orla's first musical pick. Uh, I mean, like it is kind of, I guess, like... It has a lot of incredible musical numbers um that are like hypnotizing and incredibly strange and break into the drama of or well the the drama the 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 very small details of change that occur between these two characters as they're trapped in this like weird netherworld of a endlessly reigning city um I think I, I I picked this am I saying before? yeah, picked this before we watched uh Leheve. Um, And I actually find it to be kind of a nice companion piece. Uh, I don't know why, because I watched them both, I think, at the same time, because uh, we were supposed to record two and then we couldn't uh, the one weekend. So I was like all prepped to talk about the two in tandem. But it's now been so much time has passed. Um, I think uh, I first heard about this film in 2020, unsurprisingly, when people kept writing articles about you know, while we're all trapped in our homes, Uh, what is the best pandemic movie? And it was like this, and also Contagion. Uh, and I think we've talked about Contagion a little bit before whenever we were talking about um Collective, I think. Uh, And I like that's two very different movies, but like of like people who are very competent at their jobs and stuff. And this is sort of a film that's more about how we felt <laughs> during <laughs> the pandemic and not in like, the fear and uncertainty, but the just like monotony of it, of being trapped inside and and like the sort of never-ending feeling and how time stopped making any sense because days were the same. And um uh so I only actually watched this relatively recently. Uh but I was very curious to see how it would feel watching it now when we're sort of like looking at COVID somewhat in the rear view mirror or at least looking at lockdowns in the rear view mirror, but they're still very fresh in my mind. So it was kind of an interesting experience. Um but I think as well as like it's this film is like the setting is like an epidemic, but that's not really what the film is about. So it sort of more speaks to like isolation and loneliness in general as it does to like some of that contagion which is very much a pandemic movie um this is a kind of an interesting history uh it was part of um there was like a a french production house that uh had this like global film commissioning project um it was called 2000 seen by so there were all these submissions from various countries around the world and this was the um uh, the taiwanese submission um So idea being that how like making these films in like 1997, 1998, looking forward towards the year 2000 and what that meant to you. So I think it's fucking fascinating that he made this film in response to that prompt. Um, There's also a, a, I think, I'm trying to think if you might possibly have heard of this film because the Canadian Submission um, is like a, it's a post-apocalyptic film starring Sandra Oh. I can't remember the name of it now, but I feel like he might have seen the poster for it at some point. Um, But yeah, I just it's it's very interesting to me that those two films were made. Like nobody made any real trippy films. Looking at the list of them, which is kind of fascinating because it was like 1998 and I don't know Y2K. Like what were you afraid of? Um, uh, Yeah, I really love the like. But the, the aesthetic and aesthetic of this, uh, which reminded me very much of Parasite, of, like, the apartments, the constant rain, the, like, uh, the like austerity of, like, their apartment building as well, and how, like, the muted colors and uh, the sound of the constant rain. Um, I do, I was trying to think about this the other day. I was like, I wonder if this, like, it's got to be up there in one of the, like, slowest films we've done as in not a lot happens in the city <laughs> but i don't i'm trying to go with a better word of describing it than slow because that's not really like that seems very negative i don't mean it in a negative way it's more like you know the, something with the least plot essentially and a lot of repetition in its plot as well um the guy uh, the director's quite use uh useful <laughs> The director's quite interesting. Um, He seems to have done a a few features and a few documentaries. And I think he has a a film that came out in the last couple of years that did really well. Um, Yeah, it's called Days. And it came out. Yeah, he won a few awards for that. Um, I think uh, going by reviews, apparently Days is better. It's like he's taken the themes of this movie and it expanded on them even further so I'm really really fascinated to watch that um but yeah again like this guy has a very specific style of of like examining things through very very small minute details um it like it does <laughs> I saw actually I saw a great um quote from a, I can't remember where this came from but um uh <laughs> T- 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 tends to use dialogue as if it were unaffordable <laughs> it's <laughs> like that's really good um it also really reminded me of like because this is quite a dreamy film it quite reminded me of Wong Kar Wai as well um especially like um what do you call it express um,
0: Chunking Express
1: yeah uh like that movie has a, has a similar playfulness at times that this film has um I like yeah I, I don't know I just like there's so many scenes in this film that made me think of so many other things we've done like all the scenes with the cat I fucking love the cat oh, uh, it really made me think of the long goodbye uh which I was thinking about recently for some reason again and I went back and listened to the episode I actually think that might be one of our best episodes it's so fun <laughs> we were like so excited about the fucking film <laughs> um there's some incredibly memorable shots in this film, particularly around people sticking up bandages into the hole. Um, I'm also like, it's also just quite a funny movie. Like the scenes with um, the plumber are just like, he's, he's so feckless. Um, And it's, it's just all the interactions between the people because there's so few of them and they're often very fleeting and they're often very guarded because it's like, even, like, the guy, whatever, um, the guy comes to the shop and he's trying to find something and they have this, like, very weird interaction. Um, but I also think that, like, there are some truly beautiful shots in this film. Like, um, like I love the ending. Like, we'll talk about the ending. But that ending shot of them together is, like, it's so short, but it's, like, just, just beautiful. And they're all dressed up and... Um, but there's there's also like the shots whenever they're um, spraying to kill the cockroaches. Um, that's like a really stunning shot where it's like it's like clouding up and everything. Uh, I think what also made me think so much of Wong Kar Wai and, um, and other filmmakers as well is how many looking shots that there are in this film. So particularly them taking like little small glances of each other. Um, on the balconies and stuff and like it's all very charged it's all these like small little moments all the time they're always like peering at each other or listening to each other or you know what i mean there's very little like face on face contact <laughs> if any description you know what i mean it's all very like uh what's the word scance, i guess um and yeah i i don't know i i really really i love this weird little film and uh yeah, so uh, Ricardo, what did you think of the whole 1998?
0: First of all, like, uh, not to, I don't know, pigeonhole your picks, but it, it's it is a very uh, larger large, uh, left field for the kind of movie that you usually go for. Um, to be honest, I have uh-huh. like usually the it's weird because you do pick a lot of experimental movies and uh slow movies and um and all, like um what you might call it cerebral movies but usually they those tend to be documentaries and whenever True. you pick drama movies they're usually a little bit not necessarily like cloud ple- pleasers hollywood fairs not at all but they tend to be a little bit more narrative driven it's almost that you you get your kicks of experimental cinema out of like your documentary watching rather than your drama watching but it, not to say I that it yeah.
1: is not like entirely but i think you're probably right about that
0: yeah like and it's not <laughs> like i said not completely it's not a catch-all statement but it's kind of i was trying to remember what was, when was the last time that you i you picked something that I, a i hadn't even heard of before watching but also that it was as bizarre as this and in a sense like when it came to drama because obviously we're we talk a lot about form and style when it comes to the documentary movies that you pick because you have a very good eye in that and then it's one of the reasons that i really like doing this podcast with you because it's a, a world that i don't tend to visit like a doc like i will watch some documentary feature films but i tend to put on more fiction movies rather than documentaries. Yeah. So it's a it's a general blind spot that I have that it kind of gets filled. I know that uh, eventually I'll see interesting work that uh, I would have missed otherwise because we did do this podcast. Uh, whenever you said that this movie is very slow uh, it reminded me that uh, I checked like the, the reviews of this movie by the audience uh, <laughs> in IMDb. <laughs> and uh <sighs> somebody that liked it but gave it like set, seven out of ten said that it's good but painfully slow <laughs> he goes compared to this tarkovsky is a speed freak and bella Tires mtv <laughs> 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 we uh so uh, yeah i also checked uh, what the other d- the director has done since and uh he tends to work with the the main actor from the whole all the time yeah like, uh, yeah um and I always find it interesting whenever, especially like early in your career, whenever somebody finds uh, a kind of conduit, uh, understands your vision so easily that it mm-hmm. becomes like a shorthand. So you keep hiring that person, not because, not only because you probably enjoy working with them, but also that it makes life easier because you have to spend a lot less time explaining what you're going for. And I suppose a movie like this in the making of it requires a lot of faith from the uh, cast and crew to uh, of the director to know what he's doing, and I think it's a movie that largely succeeds. I think it, this would be that kind of podcast that it sounds that I'm way more negative about the movie than <laughs> I actually feel about it. Because if you take the cinematography away from the movie, I don't quite know what I like about it, <laughs> you know, like uh, I uh, because everything. Uh, Including the acting, I have issues with, but uh, as an overall piece, I quite enjoyed it. But I don't really know how much I enjoyed it, uh-huh. which made it like interesting as well uh, as a piece not only to watch but also to talk about because it's kind of weird being in the position that you're. It's not binary. That is like I'll be thinking about the movie afterwards, and at times I'd be like, "Oh yeah, that was a good movie," and then I remember the experience of watching it was like, yeah, but I wanted it to end.
1: (laughs) That's just the short attention spans that uh, we have been cursed with as due to having phones in our pockets.
0: Well, I guess somebody that (laughs) does enjoy Satatango, Balatar's eight hour long movie where nothing happens (laughs) and there's like a 10 minute shot of a fucking light bulb in a bar. Mm. So, but yeah, like I, I think that the like you said the 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 scenes whenever they're fumigating the the city and even like just how soggy the movie is, the it is one of the best uh production uh design uh sorry it is one of the best production designs of any movie i've ever seen like including how cluttered the shop is the he's in yeah um, and uh like, the the relationship, uh, obviously... Uh, any, like, any a lesser movie would have made just a direct romantic connection that they start speaking through the hole or whatever the fuck. And then they hate each other in the beginning and in the end they'll fall in love because of humanity and whatever the fuck. This is a lot more interesting and complex than that. But at the same time, I do think that, like, I don't... I didn't particularly like the musical numbers. Um... I see what they were there for. Yeah. And the music itself I- 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 is all right. But I think that...
1: <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> it's kind of weird because... Uh, how can I say? Is that... You know, I love musicals. But this movie almost felt... It felt I'm not surprised that it's the musical that you picked. This <laughs> is almost like an apologetic musical. It's like, <laughs> it uh, we're not really a musical here. So like, this is completely separate to the actual movie. It's a dream scene. No. Uh, and it's kind of like, <laughs> it didn't have the strength of its convictions to just go for it. Uh, even in being the dream sequence, that it be surprising, be, you know, that starts, that you don't realize that you're in the dream, and then it goes in. It's like every time that it comes to the the those musical numbers, you know that you're outside of reality. And I think that because of that, and also because the being outside of reality is so much different to the reality that they're in, I don't see why it adds to for it to be a musical number per se, because. Usually, the reason for music to be in a movie, including like something like the Disney movies from the nineties, is that Golden um, age. it's like whenever emotion becomes too big, so like the idea like it is a cliche, but it's a cliche because it's somewhat true that whenever you can't say it, you sing it, and when you can't sing it, you dance <laughs> when the emotion is so big, and that's why you can get away with some very big like i am songs or i wish songs that and this movie does have those but i think that it would have been far more interesting if it went full musical (laughs) because it would have become even weirder this kind of like world you know imagine Mm -hmm. like him packing the shop or whatever while singing it. it becomes like is this also because everybody behaves weirdly because of the virus is it you go is it like that they're actually singing full-time because of what the world has become or but again it's weird because if you change that you change the movie or be i'm talking about like a different complete movie so that's why i was like saying about how it's hard to pinpoint what i like about the movie because even the acting is not bad acting by any shape or form but also because they're almost like blank slates the characters Mm. so there's not that much like character work that they developed like i didn't feel especially since you spent so much time with these two characters and almost like their daily existence i didn't you know, besides one guy being a slob and the other, the 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 woman being able to put up with like the worst apartment of all time, the you can you're the like okay, those are the wallpaper. The wallpapers, oh, oh yeah. And it's she's disgusting. like disgusting.
1: She's got like a sea of toilet roll and like other products as well. And her apartment is just toilet roll, and kitchen roll, and she's just sort of like languishing on it most of the time.
0: And it was like, that felt very, you know, I don't like being damp. And uh don't think a lot of people like being particularly damp.
1: No, we're not and- mushrooms, you know. We we like a little, look a little bit of damp. Because she says, staring lovingly at her humidifier in the corner.
0: When you watch this movie, obviously, like you, you mentioned there, that uh, there was a bit of... Um, you knew that the the movie, what the movie was about based on the, on reviews or like lists that were listing like um, good pandemic movies. Yeah. Uh, but how much did you know going into it? Like uh, after reading that information, did you know that it'd be as weird as it is or as uh, not necessarily weird, but more like avant-garde than, uh, you know, because it's not trying to be quirky either.
1: no. So I think there was like one article I read about this, and I find it again whenever I was doing my notes. Um, and like it was, someone had shared it, I think on Twitter, which is originally how I first heard about the film. Then I like saw it and sort of mentioned it in other places and stuff. And that article, like, it's not it's not spoilery, but it does give you a sense of the film because um, I think otherwise I probably wouldn't have watched it just as like an exercise in pandemic movie, you know? It was more that it sounded really interesting. Uh, and I think then I think it, it got back on my radar, I think, because Criterion or somebody tweeted about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, because the, the poster is really recognizable so it had, like stuck in my head um so when i finally watched it i sort of had a good idea of what it was like so i wasn't like massively surprised but it's still <laughs> it's still funny with the first musical uh number and she's like in the lift or whatever and it's it's like so like it's visual and bright and like just Jaunty, it's like a fucking music video in the middle of the film. And like that, the first time I think I knew about the musical interludes, but I wasn't like prepared for it. So when that first one happened, I was like, Do I hate this? And I was like, No, I don't hate this. Fascinating. And then the movie goes on, and the next one comes out, and I was like, I really don't hate this at all. <laughs> it's like that was very surprising to me. Um. But I think like because like we've spoken already, even though this film is quite strange, it also is very similar to a lot of other films that we have both done on the podcast and all just movies that we've talked about in general. Um, that I kind of it, I had, even though like this is obviously Taiwan and not, you know, Korea or Japan or you know, all from all the other countries that we've done uh similar movies. But it's more that like there's a visual style of language that this guy is doing that reminds me of a lot of filmmakers that we've done. Um, yeah, I kind of like the idea that there were a lot of people that probably saw this mentioned and were like, hmm, you know, in like <laughs> April 2020, just like, eh, I'll throw this <laughs> It's It's a pandemic movie. And then like watched it and were like, what the fuck is this? And either hated it or ended up becoming like indoctrinated into weird experimental films. And, you know, I'm kind of happy if that happened to even one person right there in the world. So, um... Watching this back to back with contagion. Jesus Christ. Uh yeah, I I really want to see uh Days, the the film we were talking about there. because um, it, it seems to have like a similar vibe, uh, but just to be slightly more accomplished. Um I think it's the same actor, isn't it, as well. Um
0: Well I was very glad that I didn't watch this during lockdown, I think that I probably would have digged a hole myself <laughs> on the floor.
1: Yeah um so how, d- how did you like feel about the ending then i'm kind of curious
0: what happens in the end again
1: it's they have a musical number and then they're like dancing at the very very end in like a doorway it's a beautiful shot when they're finally yeah, like, together uh, in the same place and they're all dressed yeah but
0: up. it's a uh, but if i remember correctly it's just on the the fantasy world because they're music and dancing again so it's one of yeah. these i think it's open for interpretation about what exactly is the ending i well like I, Whose dream, is it? Yeah, like and I, I, I don't know. Like it, I felt to be honest is the the weird thing about this movie because it is quite slow and not an awful lot happens. The the few th- moments that stuff happens, like whenever your man gets dragged out of the basement, that is uh th- that is quite memorable. But for the, it's weird because the movie more than anything the left the impression of a feeling rather than like individual moments like mm-hmm. i remember like if you start talking about the movie i'm like oh yeah this happened that happens like i forgot about the the paper towels and stuff and uh <laughs> i remember like her sitting in the the those w- the the weird balconies that they have in the apartment uh is gr- uh grated so people don't break into your apartment i suppose um you know there's some movies that we watch and even like slow movies like truffle hunters for example i can almost remember bit by bit the movie it's like got engraved in my head like the characters the cars the rubbish in the the like how dirty a man's car is whenever it shows initially you know the the land rover that is like 70s land rover <laughs> stuff. Like, i love
1: that film so much carlo
0: or or your man trying to like making his escape out the window very like slowly. So yeah Because like,
1: he's ninety years old. <laughs> oh I love you so much. So good.
0: There are memorable moments in this movie, but overall like uh, the I suppose because it might have been the, the filmmaker's intention that since there's not that much plot or character development or well really anything happens in the movie that you're Left almost like we did in the after the pandemic, feeling like I just remember feeling lost and claustrophobic, whatever, but then as the the world uh becomes quote unquote more normal again, you started questioning why you did or did I really feel that way because mm. you know you go back to work and you seems
1: unreal somehow, I don't know. And also, it's
0: like you almost like go, oh, yeah, if I didn't have to go to work or do anything for the next three months or whatever, like, that doesn't sound particularly unappealing.
1: Yeah, in theory. Like, just being
0: able to stay at home and watch whatever you want and, like, just binge any shows and just catch up and, like, get good meat and make like slow cook everything because you have the time and learn how to bake and everything else there's no
1: FOMO because nobody else is doing anything so it's just you know
0: <clears throat> yeah and it, it all sounds like oh yeah
1: romantic and fun
0: <laughs> but then I remember how shit I felt back then and then I'm like <sighs> I don't want it I don't know why I don't want it but I don't and I think the Maybe this is like a per- perfect encapsulation of that. And I wonder how he, probably like again, no don't know enough about about uh, Taiwanese history to go with this. But I wonder if there was a health scare or something in the nineties that would have would have, uh, inspired you know, it. Because, yeah, but. Yeah because even if it's not necessarily that you went to full lockdown or something but I do think the like contagion um I think it came out before because we were in college but I think that between like contagion and then like the the Ebola pandemic e- epidemic whenever it reached American shores or whatever or even just remember watching like that fucking Dustin Hoffman movie about the the monkey that carries Ebola uh, where Outbreak.
1: Oh, Jesus. <laughs> they always have such fun names. Outbreak. Contagion. <clears throat> yeah, it's interesting you said that about, like, what that time was like and how it feels really long ago, even though it's not. And that I just have the memories of, like, the weird emptiness of it, that it was just so monotonous and having no energy even though I wasn't doing anything and having no like drive to do anything and especially like in that second lockdown with the one that we like Jesus we were in lockdown here from like September to June or something it was so bad like at the end of uh 2020 into 2021 yeah I think like watching this movie and say March or April of 2020 would have been very different than doing it in, like, January of 2021. Because at that point, it had, like, you know, we had no vaccines at that point. There was no... We'd been in this fucking thing for, like, a year. It was still incredibly shit and depressing. And we were, like, locking into months and months and months of lockdown still. It was like, Jesus. Yeah, and then we all got used to it, I guess. Um, There is something kind of uh, interesting in the the way that the news is... uh, given to them i suppose through the like radio and through these kind of like radio announcements and stuff which is kind of interesting as well like and it it reminds me because they're they're almost comical you know what i mean like the way the news is delivered the tone of the delivery and stuff and um which is kind of interesting as well like that's an interesting choice of i don't know it kind of reminds me of like all the, the stuff that we were told all the time, the news kept changing of how we were supposed to do things and how it's like, no, you can't do it that way, you can't do it that way. Masks are good, masks are bad. Actually, these kind of masks. Actually, if you have cloth masks, you know what I mean? It's like constant that it became almost like ridiculous that we were being given all this information and so much of it was like just really badly like explained. And uh, yeah, any closing thoughts before we go to favorite things?
0: Not like uh, I... I... It's one of those movies that I am glad that we did it for the podcast because even I don't know if it changes, like, I know that it does. The watching movies for the podcast changes the way that I watch them mm. because you're obviously watching them thinking about what the discussion is going to be, but also why the movie you picked the movie. And a lot of the time, if it is like one of the, the like a truly great movie, I completely forget that uh, I'm doing it for the podcast. Yeah. And uh I I I'm able to like just get carried away. Like you know, like a really good movie in general it makes you forget that you're watching something until because you're just <clears throat> within that world, you don't think about anything else. You're just like cocooned into this. Very, very apartment.
1: invested. Well <laughs> with
0: this movie again intentionally so uh you're kind of like also trying to decipher the movie and then i do i don't know if i would have liked it as much as i did without having the podcast in the background mm. because in a way i was trying to decipher <clears throat> it more and I gave the movie the benefit of the doubt more because i knew that you picked it and it's like this there must be something in here that is interesting and there is, but I do think that the it is definitely not a movie for everyone. But also, <laughs> <laughs>
1: But it
0: also like I don't think that it. I don't even know if it's a movie for me. And it's kind of interesting whenever it's like, but not necessarily about like the uh, something bad about the movie. It's like sometimes you don't. I I don't know. Like objectively, if you're putting like a quote unquote film critic hat on that you have to be objective about a movie. And sometimes it's not the movie, it's you. Mm is that you're the one that can't meet the movie halfway. And I think that, I don't know if it is the case with this movie either. Like, uh, it didn't leave me cold, which is, I've always said that uh, a movie that makes me just not, engage with it is usually the the ones that i dislike the most mm. because even a truly terrible movie is entertaining because you try to figure out how those <coughs> decisions came to be you know like uh, why
1: did they make this <laughs> Yeah,
0: you know, or even like how you know because sometimes you have like just a boring movie uh, like that one with uh that they filmed before uh Silver Lightning's Playbook with Bradley Cooper and uh, What's-Her-Face. You one from Hunger Games.
1: um, Jennifer Lawrence.
0: Yeah, that they made a movie before Silver Lightning's Playbook called Selena or Serena or something like that.
1: Oh.
0: That uh, it got shelved because it was that bad. But then obviously uh, after the success of Silver Lightning's Playbook, because it's the same two actors they <laughs> took it out of the shelf and screened it and the movie's just boring <laughs> there's nothing like major, you know because it's set at the same period let's say but live by night the Ben Affleck movie is just so badly directed that it's oh, just God, entertaining
1: yeah, yeah the vampire movie where it's like are they in like uh, the arctic circle or something it's like really far north and it's snowing and there's vampires
0: no, no, no. That's uh, 30 Days of Night, which oh. is a very good movie. <laughs> Live by Night is the, the one that is like <clears throat> a gangster prohibition movie with uh, Ben Affleck and he's really big in it. Like,
1: <laughs> like physically large. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Okay. I didn't even know that existed.
0: <clears throat> yeah, uh, I don't think anybody did. So because it was a very big tank in the, the box office. but Oh, dear. So, what's your favorite thing? Last thoughts, I suppose. Um,
1: yeah, I'm kind of glad that you uh, that you didn't hate it and that uh, you did have a, a relatively good experience with it. But um, <clears throat> yeah, it is. It is a strange film to to explain and to like. I think like so much of this film is like, even from my perspective, it's like, why do I like this movie? And it's, I think it's like one of those things that manages to survive on almost like visuals and vibes (laughs) you know it's like the two things together a
0: heavy heavy movie yeah Yeah,
1: i'm like you know it's not just that it's like all flash because it's it's not just that it's it's just there's like there's a tone to this film that like really i enjoyed immensely and that carried it for me i think um but you know that's fucking impossible way to sell a movie to anyone, you know. <laughs> but uh, no, I am glad that you uh, that you did enjoy it because um, it is it is a weird one, uh, and I, I was like I had no idea what you were going to think. Um, but I think my favorite thing is probably the cinematography, just because I like, like it's, it's. There's some really memorable shots and stuff, but. Um, it's it might be a combination of the cinematography and the production design um just because so much of it is is so interesting like I want to know more about where like how they found the apartments that they were filming in and how they did it you know what I mean like I would watch a documentary on because I'm assuming we didn't have a lot of money to make this um of how they executed the like the dampness and everything um and like uh, but the, the 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 like the design and the choreography of well, the dance numbers as well are incredible. And it's like the two things together of the cinematography and the and the <clears throat> production design is like it's just such an interesting thing to look at <laughs> all the time, you know, because <laughs> there's just so much texture. Um, uh, what's your favorite thing?
0: My favorite thing is the cinematography. Yeah, like it is, uh, and the 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 production design. I suppose that like, like you said, it's uh, very textured, textured and claustrophobic, but also it's very of its time as well. I suppose that it's uh, yeah. the the film stock that they use there. Like, it's one of those weird things of like movies in the 90s and stuff, the places like Taiwan or Italy that they'd be making movies with cheaper film stock, so they had to be lit different. Like, the contrast is different in mm. those movies. And it's always um, interesting how you go uh, about making it uh, as visually interesting as possible. I don't know if it was shot on Super 16 or on 16 millimeter or 35 mil, but, like, the it is very grainy stock. And obviously, being shot yeah. at night, it makes it even more grainy because they're probably pushing the the development of that movie of the of the stock
1: stock itself yeah
0: like uh, i there is a a movie as well that i thought it was the sequel to this but uh, i don't know if it is uh but called the wayward clouds with the same actors about yeah and the same director uh the plot is that he, now working as a pornographic actor, meets uh, once again. Meanwhile, the city of Taipei faces a water shortage that makes the sales of watermelons skyrocket. And the cover, like the, the fucking poster, is absolutely mental. <laughs>
1: what? Oh, fascinating
0: yeah uh, like it's also in uh what was that vanguard movie or whatever the other movie that he did uh, like uh, matthew omarick plays a character just called the man in the bushes and i haven't <laughs> seen the movie but it ju- that just intrigues me any movie that that's the there's a character name the man in the bushes but but like you know like even the having the the characters being nameless in the movie there is like the man downstairs upstairs and the the woman downstairs and stuff like that. Is very clever in a way because it makes them more like everybody rather than just this particular person mm. but i do find it kind of I suppose why the cinematography is my favorite thing is that every like I said everything else I really enjoyed but I have at times problems with it and uh, cine- but the cinematography and the production design is, are flawless throughout there's no way of criticizing them whatsoever so and I always like textured movies at that time like uh, you know there's a, there's a certain loss whenever we move to digital because there's a certain like digital look that like a good sensor has that Mm. just creates a a lot of dynamic range so then you can impose change or whatever but it just means that the image quality is always great well this the image quality is absolutely fucking terrible (laughs) but how you embrace that um that little shortcoming on like a material shortcoming and make it look incredible because like makes you a
1: better filmmaker. Yeah. And in a a way
0: this movie wouldn't work looking less grimy than this, you Mm. know, like the, just the fact that like the, the colors can't be pushed at all. It just makes everything more oppressive, more soggy, more, (laughs) more, more more everything. So, What was your least favorite thing?
1: Oh, um, I don't know. I guess that it made me think about lockdown. (laughs) That it is quite oppressive at times, but then again, I feel like that's part of its effectiveness. Um, wait, do we ever find out what happened to the cat?
0: No, I don't think so. No, maybe I missed it.
1: No, that's my least favorite thing then, that the cat dies. Uh, (laughs) what's your least favorite thing?
0: I think it's uh, perhaps the 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 reason in a way that it um, both like I said it's very conflicting because it's everything is both uh, a plus and also a negative for the movie. So uh, whenever I'm criticizing something, is that it makes it completely weird and interesting the fact that the motivations and how the characters behaves are completely not what you would do or you can't empathize with their decisions at all because
1: mm. yeah
0: is it meant to keep us that distant and not engaged because they're meant to be strangers for you even though you're there for as long like spending a lot of time with them i do find it uh quite random that she has um the decision of how long it takes until the whole also appears and also you i i, I thought that it'd be a lot more about the hole you know what i
1: mean (laughs) yeah it's not really at all in the end that's kind of like yeah
0: because even when he makes the hole bigger it doesn't really change the status quo or whatever when she blocks it up with stuff or whatever it doesn't like the the changes are not that massive but again but i don't know if that that kind of weirdness and lack of connection is what made the movie interesting for me and if you remove that away would the movie just become boring even though like uh uh it'd be adding you know because again it'd be a different uh, movie that we're talking about then but uh, i think think yeah but I think that even beyond the the musical numbers I think it is that that is the 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 because the musical numbers in a way because they're so detached from the rest of the movie you can almost forget about them if you don't like it because it's not there That is like kind of true
1: yeah you can sort of just you know tap your foot along to them and then forget that they ever existed That's true
0: Yeah and, and like and like a lot of I, um that we've talked about, like, uh, especially when we did the umbre- umbrellas of Cherbourg, you were like, I don't understand why this is a musical. I would have loved this movie if they were just speaking.
1: <laughs> it was just the fact that that entire thing is song. I was like, <laughs> even though, like, I when I think about that movie, I have a warm feeling in my heart because, like, it is beautiful and very emotional. But, you know, they're still just fucking singing all the time.
0: Jesus every time that it snows i just think about that Every time it snows i just it's think shell about that station. Yeah oh my god that is one of the most beautiful moments in cinema history i think But what was your least favorite thing No you already said that ah.
1: Yeah ah uh, we're done <laughs> Um yeah so that was the whole uh i think you should seek it out even though most people will probably find it incredibly strange Um but it is it is an interesting one. Um, on our first Taiwanese film. Uh, yeah, so uh, where can they find us, Ricardo?
0: They can find us on Facebook, The Recommendation Game, at The Rec Game on Twitter, The Recommendation Game at gmail.com. We're on every second Monday on Dublin Digital Radio. And you can see our back episodes or listen to our back episodes in SoundCloud, your podcaster of choice, Spotify, the Dublin Digital Radio Mixcloud, and if you want to support Irish Independent Radio, please donate to the Double Digital Radio Patreon
1: account. Uh next week's film, as we by this point move into January, is Ricardo's uh, pick. So, Ricardo, what are you picking?
0: I'm picking Tokyo Story.
1: Oh <gasps> he switched it up on me. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. Second OZ. Alright, fascinating. Uh, cool. Well, I'm excited for that. And uh, Until then, I was Orla Magnus.
0: And I was Ricardo Deacon.
1: Deacon. Thanks for listening.
0: See you next week.